Welcome back to episode number six of the Epic Epoch podcast. Thank you to everyone who's here live on twitch.tv slash pair the pig. Remember that when this episode is done, you can always catch us on YouTube on a playlist on Dred's YouTube channel, or you can also catch us on Spotify or whatever your podcast streaming application of choice is. So if you are watching on one of those other platforms, be sure to let us know. I would love to know where you're getting this information, where you're watching the podcast and, uh, you know, what kind of what kind of apps I guess you're using to make sure that things flow smoothly for you. So for this podcast here, I am joined once again by my co-host. Dread from Epic Builds. Ooh, Dread, thank you so much for being here. And we even have a special guest this time around. Was oh no, me? for you. Yeah, it's for you. You're the special guest. You're, you're the oh, special I'm guest. supposed to say something there. I, yeah, I'm, oh, okay. I'm seeing Perry's Perry's like voice thing, like his his face is throwing me completely off because I'm seeing him <laughs> say stuff still, but he's not saying anything. Okay, I got to stop looking at that. Yeah, right. uh, I'm Lone Star <laughs> McFluffin, by the way. So Lone Star McFluffin, thank you so much for being here. We reached out to you at the very end of our last podcast because last week we finished off our discussion by talking about your uh, your YouTube video that you just recently published. Yeah, I actually left right before uh, you guys started talking about it. So I missed the whole thing because I had to cook dinner. But uh, <laughs> that's awesome that you guys talked about it. Well, I'm just glad that that kind of conversation is going on. I like, I, I like watching build guides. I like seeing people break the game. But when I'm browsing YouTube, I like seeing like those conversational topics as well. So I know like you've done a couple of those. Lizard has done one or two in the past. And Dread, you've even started doing those too. So I think, I think that's yes. great to see more stuff like that on YouTube. Yeah, I, I like doing them, but I also... I'm scared to do them because what I need to start doing is putting more like uh, positive ones in because <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly criticizing EHG and it gets this impression that like I hate them, which is 100% not it. It's just like, okay, here's these I know issues. How that feels. Yeah, like I, here's these issues I need to talk about. But then I, I realize like I, like the last four videos I've done that aren't build guides are just so me ripping there. on EHG. I need, to, <laughs> I need to do something else here. Oh, that's how I feel when like I talk about like uniques and stuff that are coming out or stuff. I just feel like it's all I'm constantly being the mean person person i'm like i'm just trying to help I'm me too to be yeah honest yeah so and by the way thank you mike I before we get that, too man. far away from the uh, from the beginning of this podcast here i want to make sure maybe there's somebody in twitch chat who doesn't know who lone star mcfluffin is maybe there's someone who doesn't spend their time in discord or twitch or youtube can you give us a quick quick description of like who you are what you've been doing where you come from with regards to last epoch uh, sure. Yeah. So I've been, I think I'm actually the longest standing streamer slash content creator now, which means I'm old. Ooh. Uh, I've been here since, uh, late alpha and, uh, I mostly stream, but then of course I've gotten into more and more YouTube stuff as well. So I guess I'm kind of a hybrid now. I've got, I don't know how many hours in the game, well over 3000, something like that. But yeah, um, I've been, I've been playing the game pretty much straight for well over two years now i can't even keep track anymore how long it's been but yeah um this is the game that i fell in love with and still do despite you know the the, the topic um still do love the game um <laughs> and i i and want people to know that you are also a community tester for last epoch that's correct yep i'm also a community tester and what that means is uh there's just a group of us that esg is invited to test builds before they go live to try to just you know just make sure there's not any really you know broken stuff um you know unstable things lots of you know whatever they need to be tested we test it beforehand to so that you guys don't have to deal with everything that's broken i know sometimes it feels like uh, you know, there, there's no testing or whatever trust me if if it weren't for the cts 
it'd be worse. So um, CTs do a, do a lot of a lot of work behind the the scenes to make sure that the build you get is a lot more stable and a lot more balanced and um, contents even better. And that's not like an individual build, like a Void Knight Devouring Orb character. That's like the build of the game itself. Yeah, that that's that's the design. patch, right? Sure. When the patches come out. Excellent. And then when, the community testers, uh, it's a relatively small group. It's like 10 people, something like that. I don't know that I can give out how many Ooh, current really? community testers there are. I think that's part of NDA, but I'm not sure. So I'll, I'll just refrain. All right. All right. I'll, I'll take your word on it then. There's two of them. There's only, there's only, <laughs> yeah. Wow, there's only two. That's crazy. What a distinguished group. So we have a handful of things that we'd like to talk about today. But I think the most pressing is uh, is the patch cycle that happens only on Wednesdays which is the one day I don't stream. So I'm always behind on the patch cycle. I'm never online. I can't like give my hot takes and reactions right away. But we are on patch 085E, which uh, fixed one of the items that I was abusing, using, getting 300,000 ward with. So I think first things first, because this was like the most recent thing, I would like to talk about the patch. So I guess I've been playing a little bit. Dread, I know you've been streaming as well. Uh, McFluffin, did we get you at a bad time? Are you are you still playing uh, Slormancer and Diablo 2? Or have you dove into this patch at all? I've, I have looked at the patch. I haven't done anything with the patch, but um, I'm sure I can get it's a decent idea of what's going on. Mainly, it's like uh, a lot of set item uh, updates, right? Yeah. And trying to fix that ring, which still didn't really fix the ring, but at least mm -hmm. made it a little bit less broken. Yeah, speaking of things the community testers missed. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't test everything. I know, that's it's all okay. I'm going to say I'm about teasing. that. I'm that's teasing. all I'm going to say is we I'm, don't I'm test literally. I know you're not, but I just want to make it. Not everything that you guys see is tested by the CTs. I can either confirm or deny what is, whether or not that ring was or not. But not everything is, and so let's not, let's talk not just for fault. let's talk just for a moment about that ring. So it's it's a unique item. It's called Ashes of Mortality. Uh, it, it's a drop off of Tier One Kremeris in the Soulfire Bastion. So it's really easy to get. And I guess a week and a half ago, when I was making use of it, I had a very low damage build. It was pretty bad. It was like Ignite Fireball. But I happened to be using two of these rings, and that was my entire investment into Ward. And I had. 300,000 ward and I was totally unkillable. So in, instead of 13% chance to gain some ward whenever you hit an ignited enemy, it's it's been tailored a little bit now. So now it's uh it still gives you a good chunk of ward per ignite or damn stack on yourself. So that seems to be like something that the devs are trying to push and you can see that with a uh, with the affliction of pyre, the unique axe that's in the game as well. And you, you kind of get the sense that, like, we're supposed to be igniting ourselves. We're supposed to be, like, damning ourselves and getting ward based on that. But, you know, even if it were just a 1% chance to gain one ward per ignite on the enemy, I, I have the feeling that, like, even that would be abusive. Even that would probably be too much. And it makes me wonder, why is this line of text even in the game? If it has to be that small a number... And like the, the proc chance itself and like the war, it's like two to three ward post nerf right now that you get per ignite on the enemy. If the number has to be that low, why is the number even there at all? Like <laughs> every time that I talk about ward, I think about like ward per second items. So we have the new offhand item. I forget the name of it now, but it's the new offhand uh, base type that gives you like ward per second. Opulent focus. Opulent focus is the one. And I think about like ward per second items and they never seem busted. They seem like fine they seem okay there's the vessel of strife which is probably the strongest 
ward per second item that's in the game right now. And I like that kind of stuff. But when we have like ward on skill use, ward on hit, it's just like begging to be broken in half. Yeah, and, there, and there's a very clear theme with, with why that happens, right? Like ward per second only scales with ward retention. That's it. Uh, the mm-hmm. Vessel of Strife scales with ward retention and with regen. Therefore, it's got two scalers. You got start doing the ward on hit stuff, and it gets got more scalers. You know, it's got and it's got attack speed on it as well. So there's just the more scalers you have on ward, the more busted it becomes, and it's just harder and harder to to you know balance it. It's even going to scale on like the number of monsters that you're hitting mm-hmm. at the same time, right? Yep, it's like just pack exactly. size and arena stuff. So we'll we'll see what Ashes Immortality does in the future, like whether people still gravitate toward that in order to get hundred thousand ward, or whether people just kind of leave it on the wayside now that it's been nerfed. So they already are, by the way. They're already getting high. okay. Great. <laughs> we'll we'll see what kinds of things happen with Ashes and Mortality in the future. But I just <laughs> I wrote down two other items for this patch, things that kind of stood out for me. I I did write down Ignite deals five percent more damage, and we're gonna move past that because that's <laughs> all I have to say about it. Yeah. Like, good Ignite five percent damage, great. So I wrote down the Zarek set. And the Zarek set is a is a three piece set that uh, it has like uh, you gain your your potions no longer heal you and you gain melee and throwing necrotic damage during like the next four seconds after you click on your potion. So it's this like kind of cool item, kind of cool set. Uh, I think the most notable thing about that to me when it was introduced to me, you know, a year and a half ago when I started playing this game is the boots have throwing crit multi on full health and a ta- and melee crit multi on full health. And that, of course, you know, double dips, quote unquote, if you're playing a Shadow Dagger build. So that's all I knew about this set in the past. Mm. But now it has huge flat dodge numbers. So you can play a a dodge build if you want. (laughs) If you want to, like, you know, use two of these items, get some big dodge numbers. It's like tier 10 dodge if you want to do the math. But on top of that, it's also uh, you only need two of the items instead of three of the items in order to get that flat necrotic damage to melee attacks and, and throwing attacks, which I think is great. I think that's a pretty cool way of like opening it up. I think that's one of the best changes they've ever introduced in terms of sets where like, even if it's a three set, just move the good set to the two set and uh, two set so that you get to choose two out of three. And that introduces that kind of choosy kind of feel instead of like, Oh, you're going to use this set and this set only these three pieces. No, you can use two out of three and you get to choose. And you can I think they should just like, have. Hey, go ahead. I, I think they should have like a two set bonus. It's okay to have like three items, but just have a two set bonus so that you get to choose which two, just like Dread was saying. And there's just there's just no incentive to wear all three, and except unless the item itself is actually legitimately good, so you don't feel like you have this pressure to you know not get legendaries or whatnot. But McFluffin, I want a themed build around Zarek, and I want to be rewarded for it. Yeah, you still get the two set bonus. And then if you want to, if the third set fits your theme, you can still wear it. But you don't feel like you have to have it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was just. You know, wait, wait, I know, wait. you're just being facetious. When, when you're in chapter nine and Zarek is helping you, Zarek has 100% endurance. So whenever he gets on low life, he takes no damage. Can I, can I get that on a set item? I would, I would totally include that in my build. Actually, now that you bring that up, the Zarek set is like all based on dodge and stuff. But then like Zarek in the campaign, both times is either focused on block or like that massive amount of endurance like you're talking about. We want some consistency. That's a good point. That's that's not lore friendly at all. 
Can we get a hundred thousand percent endurance or whatever? I hope, yeah. Also, it poisons. What's this like crit multi crap? <laughs> hopefully, during the uh, during one of these dev streams in the future, they'll actually have like a lore person online, and we can just bombard them with questions like this. Like, have you ever considered that the lore and the block and the dodge is inconsistent? Yeah. Wait till we talk about the uh, the un- community unique and and lore. It's gonna be fun. All oh, gonna be just Rat City questions. <laughs> what What is Rat City? Yeah? Rat City Radio. <laughs> so i i want to uh, i want to like kind of front load our variety topics because i want to leave as much conversation time at the end of the stream to talk about dungeons as possible because i i know that we all have a lot to say about it but i want to get these other things out of the way first so speaking of community testing i think one of the community testers or one of the things that the testers will be testing soon is multiplayer can we talk about this to some extent, and it, only what's public, of course, but yeah, to whatever they've talked about, we can definitely talk about it. So recently, there's an interview that Zizrin conducted along with Sans and Mike from the EHG team. And during this little interview, they confirmed that 2022, this year, we're going to be getting multiplayer for Last Epoch, which is like, whoo, hallelujah. I love it. Yeah, I believe Stan said that, and I was kind of surprised because in the past they've made that conf- confirmatory statement, of course, missed it. So I figured there's no way they're going to make that statement. So I'm hoping that is um, that is sort of proof of how close they think they are. And so they're very confident that they're going to make it. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. So I, I guess I'm going to dig just a little bit. Like, uh, are you allowed to say anything about this, McFluffin? Like, what can you can you give us like a little tidbit? I can just, you know, I can just kind of parrot what stands and EHG say that, uh, you know, CTs are going to be getting it first. So we'll get to uh, to test it. I mean, I believe if I remember correctly, Stan said in there that he plans on talking about after we did it and giving a postmortem to to the community so that you all know how it went. And I think that's a great idea, uh, A, to keep everyone informed, but B, then I can actually talk about that stuff too. And so it's good for, you know, good for the CTs to not have to feel like they're tight-lipped about it. So I'm really looking forward to that. All right, Dredd, I want your hot take then. Is is multiplayer going to be balanced? Balanced? Balanced. No, not <laughs> at all. No, like if we're just to take the current game and put it in, no. Oh my God. It's, it's not balanced for single player. Multiplayer is only going to make it worse. <laughs> It's, some sometimes your build you know has 300,000 ward and 8 million damage after 2 days of playing it and just annihilates the whole game and sometimes your build you know is barely playing in power modes. Hmm. <laughs> so one of the questions we've had in the past is like okay so what we know from the developers so far for preparing multiplayer is they've done a lot of work on like the technical aspects of it. They want the servers to run, they want all the UI to work properly. Like they want the game to function without, you know, crashing without like there's all uh, the, the server and performance issues in multiplayer. They're already but one that, step ahead of Wilson. But that means that they're not working on balance stuff. So like when when multiplayer comes out, there's going to be some absolutely absurd things happening with regards to like wonky combinations of builds, you know, team compositions, people getting to like 2000 waves in the arena legitimately. Like there's going to be some crazy stuff happening. Yeah, I I agree. There's uh, like poison is is a huge topic in terms of multiplayer because like poison works with your allies. So it's like, well, doesn't that mean you can push poison to the moon? (laughs) Yeah. How how quickly can we kill these enemies? 
there's going to have to be a huge balance pass. I mean, we need it for single player now. Like we need a huge balance pass just to get things remotely close. You know, the, the more they've added, the worse it's gotten, which mm-hmm. is not unexpected, but definitely, you know, brings well, in that I'd rather need. them balance later. When yeah, and, I, and I think that's the plan. I think they've in the past they've said something along those lines that you know get multiplayer going before we do a big balance pass because we're gonna have to do it anyway. At, you know, multiplayer is gonna create all these new imbalances, so might as well do it all at <laughs> once. And you if, know, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're watching uh, or if you're listening on Spotify, Last Epoch Game, the developer here uh, that was streaming before us. He said, we have plans for poison. Evil laughter. They're just going to take <laughs> off the uh, the debuff of it. It's going to be like the next bleed. Same as Ignite, no, just, same as bleed, same as damage. Just make it all the same. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, Different colors. It to five mm-hmm. damage. There you go. We're good. So, um, it actually reminds me of, of something that I've experienced playing Slormancer. So I've been dipping my toes into other action RPGs, just kind of poking around, seeing what else is out there, having some variety days on my own stream. And in Slormancer, I, the thing that came to mind for me was there are some absolutely busted things that you can do in this game. You know, even at this point, like there's been like some buffs and nerf cycles that have gone on. You know, you can no longer crash the game by dealing so much damage or having so many projectiles on screen. But in that game, like it's a single player game and there's no economy there. You're never going to like, you know, blow up the economy because you can farm this one boss in one second and flood the market with a bunch of like those top tier uniques. It's never going to happen because it's single player. But on the other hand, when you have a game like Path of Exile, when you have a game like Last Epoch, that economic pressure is like well, you, you can't just have one build that's allowed to blow up this boss because it's going to ruin the market. So like what what is the market going to look like? You know, one of the things that the devs said during this past uh, developer stream is that if you're looking for a game that is a market simulator, Last Epoch is probably not going to deliver on that experience. It's not going to be something where you can just like play the stock market, buy all of this item, buy those things, make a bunch of profit. It's going to have some other kind of trading to it. But I don't know. It's still going to have that multiplayer experience. It's still going to have people blowing up bosses in one second and you know being unkillable, doing the hardest content, flooding the market. I don't know. I guess... I'm I'm kind of curious about that. I wonder what that market is going to look like if it's not just Path of Exile, which is the only thing I'm experienced with. If you don't know what he's referencing, chat, there's recently been a uh, clip that has been shared to the Reddit thanks to our very own. He's talking about a uh, clip that Mike had where he talked about how they don't want Last Epoch to just be like some kind of market simulator and stuff like that pretty much what he described so we'll see how that turns out but i don't know playing slormancer and just like having incredibly busted builds and those are allowed to exist like you know you're a player you're playing a video game go have fun go break the game but you just can't have that kind of thing when multiplayer finally comes out this year i think it's all just a comparative thing because like in poe the same thing's the same it's like you have busted things but like then like the thing is though the problem comes when the busted things like are able to do things that the non-busted stuff aren't like for instance like 
you know, like any build in PoE, like if you play correctly and actually build into damage and stuff, can like do Maven. Like any build can do Sirius and all that. So as long as the other builds are able to do the other content and it's not just like a, oh, only one build can do this stuff, it'll be fine. And in Last Epoch, we have a very good balance around that currently. Because like right now, as it stands, as long as you're savvy enough and you know what you're doing and you're stubborn enough, like our very own McFluffin here, you can make any build work for T4 Drilla, including Warpath. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's not like as if, oh, like only like one build to rule them all, at least currently, anyways. Because like some builds that are good at T4 Drilla are absolutely god awful at the, uh, at the, where is it? The Soulfire Bastion and some builds that are good at the Soulfire Bastion are absolutely god-awful at the Arbor. And I think that's where it should be, where some, like, you know, you want to take... It's kind of like a Swiss Army knife, you know? You want to use some use a build for something else instead of just using it for everything. And I'm sure that's what they'll balance around. So with that said, I think I'm going to use that as a segue into hopefully the the meatiest portion of the podcast here. So last week, if you weren't here, we uh, we were discussing a video that McFluffin you put out on YouTube, and you were talking about some of the fundamental issues that you've seen with Dungeon. I want to talk about this. I want to like bring you on in order to talk about like pros and cons of what Dungeon is. Maybe uh, if things have changed, whether Dread and I agree or disagree with you. And just kind of chat about what dungeons are so far. So I guess first things first, has I guess have, have you received any uh, any like pushback from like YouTube comments or people on your own stream about what you've said for dungeons so far? I have um, really only on one topic, almost exclusively, and it's not the one I expected. Um, there's a lot of people. Well, I don't know if there's a lot. There's a number of people who are very vocal about the idea that they don't want dungeons to be a part of the monolith in any way, shape, or form. And I was pretty surprised about that because I feel like the way that they're currently separated is about the le least interesting way to handle it, personally. So um, I thought that was almost a slam dunk take. But it turns out that at least for some people, it's it's not, and they like that they're very separate. Interesting. Okay. People, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised about that too. I feel like I feel like maybe you could have pushed back on something else, but I don't yeah, know. I, I I think I think that the idea of putting you know like a mini dungeon experience into the model of the fate would be fine as well. I wouldn't mind that at all. I expected more pushback to be around the balance of the uh, the dungeons and the bosses, which is why I spent so much time being meticulous about showing exactly what I was talking about and being very clear on specific things. Maybe that's why I didn't get much pushback. But um, yeah, no, it was pretty much exclusively people that did not want um, the keys to go away and they didn't want uh, them to be a part of the Echo or a part of the, the web. The web especially, but I also agree with that. I think the web would be not as, not as ideal as putting them in the Echoes themselves. So I can understand that. But um, one of the biggest uh, concerns people had was that if they get their, you know, LP whatever item and they have their exalted and they don't have the, you know, the temporal sanctum available to them, there's no key there, then they have to wait, which I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem like that big of an issue. Like, okay, we'll just go find an echo. But um, that was that was one of the bigger things that people did not like. Just go farm for a bit. 
Yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't seem like it's that it would be all that hard. And if you don't have keys, you also have, have the problem. But that was that was something people they, they wanted to be able to go into the um you know the temporal sanctum whenever whenever they had the item they wanted and not have to wait for it. Interesting. Dre, give me your thoughts on that. The accessibility of the dungeons, like how quickly you can do it. If you so the biggest problem with putting them into the monoliths that I see, like, you know, taking them out of the campaign map and putting them in the monolith, like you said, is the fact that I'm pretty sure when multiplayer comes, there are going to be builds that their, their specific purpose is going to be to farm one of these dungeons specifically, like each one, right? Like, for instance, you'll have a build that completely invalidates the Soulfire Bastion boss by killing him in five seconds, or however many seconds you need to before you die. Uh, there's going to be a build that does the Temporal Sanctum really fast because it can move through the mobs with, like, phasing or whatever, and there's going to be a build that just completely invalidates the... What is the Arbor boss because they just have regen instead of leech. And there's going to be builds like that that have viability because of the dungeon environment. And if you take away that consistent, like, source of the dungeon, right? Like, for instance, if you make it so they're in the monoliths, then those builds aren't necessarily a thing anymore because then you just want to play generic builds that can do the dungeons. And I think that would be a, a bad thing for the game because one of the best things I like about Path of Exile currently is, especially with the new Atlas system, is the fact that I can target specific pieces of content if I want to. Like, if I want to go do simulacrums, I'll make a simulacrum build and go play simulacrum. If I want to go do lab, I'll go do a lab build, right? Like, I can choose what content I do and that would significantly hamper the ability of being able to. Now, you would still be able to, but it would add a lot of, uh, like, clunkiness to that kind of, like, what do you call it, like, uh, strategy. Like, for instance, I have, like, you could play a different build where all you do is just farm monoliths all day, and then you have, like, a full you know, full inventory of Temporal Sanctum keys. You hop onto your Temporal Sanctum farmer, and you farm that all day. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for the game because I think that being able to farm different kinds of content would be healthy for the game overall. And having a break from the monoliths is definitely something that should be in the game. And the dungeons actually kind of, you know, you know, like whenever I whenever I find a legendary item that I want to slam, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta go do the dungeon again. Then I go hop on the dungeon character and I go do dungeon and. I like that feeling. I don't know about you guys. I like that feeling. But I do agree that the monoliths could benefit from like that kind of system. And what I think they could fix that with is just make the keys rarer so that, like, for instance, in the monolith, right, when you find a key, instead of having it to be a random, like an arena key, or something like that. Be be make it a specific key, like oh, this echo drops a soul fire key or a bunch of soul fire keys, so that when you go do a monolith, like you want to do the monolith and you find a bunch of keys, like bam, I can go do soul fire bashing like five different times. Are you saying that, that in, like as an echo reward? Currently, we have like the arena key of memory and the arena key. You're yeah. saying like make that reward like toward some of the uh, other dungeons? Yeah, other okay. keys. Well, I think they could make them rarer. 
and they could make it so it drops a bunch of keys at once. So that, like, for instance, hey, there's a bunch of Soulfire Bashing keys. Let me go pop that open, and you do that, and now you have, like, six Soulfire Bashing keys, and then you go do it for, like, an hour or two. And that would replicate the kind of feeling I think you're kind of wanting to, like, emulate, i.e., like, the feeling of, like, having the dungeons be kind of tied to the monolith. As then you have to do monoliths to go get the keys, and then the keys will let you go to the dungeon. And since you're doing like six dungeons in a row, you don't feel like as though you're going back and forth. You're just doing the dungeon a few times and then going back to monoliths. Mm-hmm. Now, I think what they did with the right-clicking thing on the key was the perfect way of fixing the, you know... Like, I have a bunch of keys problem, and, like, I, I really like that system where you just right-click, and you're like, bam, you're at the campaign map. But I do agree that, like, the monolith could use some kind of dungeon system, and maybe instead of, like, taking these dungeons and putting them into the monolith, they could just make a dungeon that specifically is only found in the monolith, per se. Hmm. And that would be, like, a rare echo type, and that would be a different dungeon all of itself. You know, if you want, if you want more like variety, so I guess, <laughs> but before I propose this, I need to remind myself and you all, and then like you know anyone, anyone who's listening too, whenever we're sitting here talking about like what if the devs did this, I just need to remind myself it's always easier to highlight a problem to find out that like I don't like this, this feels bad when those kinds of things. It's very easy to find out when I as a player don't like something, and it's really hard to propose the appropriate solution to it so it's fun to sit here and shoot the breeze but like why don't they do this and this and this but it, it really is difficult to find out exactly what the right solution should be for a complex problem like this that said oh boy i got an idea okay so idea number one janitor you have a new monster subtype <laughs> and whenever you kill him he drops a whole bunch of keys it's like Gone. it's like risk your rain too you know yeah. the monitor like <laughs> Just, you know, the right. mob that like drops a bunch of items, or whatever sure, his name just is, make the a ha- scavenger. All the profane yeah. fleshes drop like 10 keys. <laughs> All right. So maybe, maybe if we move past that. Uh, I didn't get to say anything on it. <laughs> oh, oh you ahead. like my janitor idea. Please, please, please tell, already. tell me no, how much ahead. you like my janitor idea. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, um, Dungeon Warden. That's great. Dungeon Warden. Yeah. Dungeon, Dungeon Warden's. It is an interesting idea that that would be better than where we're at now. And I think that's uh, I think that has a more of an effect on one of my major issues and uh, putting them in the uh, at the echo rewards, because I think that actually exacerbates the issue, which is that there's nothing inside the echo to actually discover and explore. If you if it's just the reward and you're still going to yeah. run as fast as you can through it. Um, there's a lot to unpack in in what what Dread said there. So as far as the the builds go, um, I do think that having builds that are more efficient at certain content is good. A build that is so hyper efficient that it doesn't even want to run the echoes to do the dungeon, I feel like is probably too far. I think that, um, and I I don't even I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even think like Pee builds tend to be quite that hyper efficient. Like they still do um, the mapping. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so it like there, there might be a few but mo- that's that's mainly a pretty rare mo- thing mainly like lab farmers that's where that happens yeah it's pretty rare there are maybe there's a couple but i I think the vast majority of the time you want builds to be you know relatively balanced around most of the content they can do most of the content pretty well so um i, I don't know that i think that the keys justify like hyper hyper 
um, um, specific builds to like just fight Jolra or just you know just fight Cremoris. Um, I, I don't know that that's necessarily either what EHG is looking to get out of those either. Yeah. So, um, but I do, I also do agree, uh, with Dread that, um, there should be some way for those builds to access the content, maybe a little bit easier since that's what they're good at. Maybe one option would be something like dungeons still show up in Echoes, but there's a way to turn those into a key on a character instead of running it like maybe some other um, material that you get and then you convert it into a key and then you can run it on, on another one. So that way they still show up as content that you discover, not just like randomly drops or just drops off the boss. And so it, it, it helps with that exploratory sense, but then also, you know, helps with dreads. We, we have builds that are really good at certain content. We want to run it. Would there be any merit in having like the tier one dungeon be free for keys? And then, like, higher-level dungeons, you'd have to pay a key for him? I think they could make it so T4 is that way and make all the other tiers before that. Like, But then like, they would have to kill the it. rewards. Yeah, they okay. had to kill the rewards, which is the biggest problem, because then you just go farm T3 dungeon all day. Is that bad? Um, <laughs> yeah, in this case, because there's no, like, buy-in. Yeah. Right? Like, imagine I mean, if you could do lab without having to use, you know, uh, lab keys, so it would completely kill the market, right? Imagine doing lab and Path of Exile without having to put in a key. I First of all, in Trade League, it's complete non-issue, because you can just buy yeah. as many keys as you want. And, like, yeah, we're about exactly. to move toward a, a Trade League where very likely in Last Epoch you'll be able to trade keys, right? Well, they could but, very easily make it so that... uh. You can't trade keys. I guess. I wonder how much they want to limit access to the dungeons, though. Like, aren't aren't the dungeons supposed to be like the cool new thing, like the latest piece of endgame? Like, they want you to engage with us. Yeah, and that's kind of why I was like with the monolith thing. Now, what we could do, and this satiates McFluffin's idea as well, is in the monoliths, right? There could be shrines. Like, let's say it's like a Soulfire Bastion Shrine or something like that. And if you complete the little thing in it, right, like you kill the stuff mobs around it, it gives you a free entrance into the Soulfire Bastion. Like, then and there now, like, in the monolith itself, just gives you, just gives you the ability. And then if you die, you get pooped out of it or, or pooped out of the Echo or, of course, uh, you know, or you die because it's hardcore, right? Like, parry. Mm -hmm. But, uh... So the idea is you like search through the monolith and that would reward a little bit more explore exploration because you'll find these random shrines randomly like, Hey, here's a free T4. Uh, here's the free, free uh, temporal dungeon, like ticket, go do it real quick. And it's like, can my build handle that? You know what? Let's try, you know, and that would, that would make it a little bit more fun to explore the monoliths themselves. Cause you could find these shrines for free. Now the problem is, you know, keys are really up. Uh, you know, easy to get right now, so that wouldn't be as you know good. But that's like a good a good start. Yeah, it's got to it, you got to have enough scarcity to make it worthwhile. Like if I've got a stash of temporal sanctum keys, I don't I don't care about that at all. So that's yeah. that's the problem is finding a balance to where or you can have that so discoverability a special modifier on the door. You know how like the doors have special modifiers? Yeah, make mm -hmm. it so it's a temporal sanctum that we're all and like. 
you know, specifically more enemies drop this. So it's like just an extra mod on top of the door already. Like, for instance, you know, like the Soul Gambler has like, has the Soul Gambler has like extra pairs of boots. Then it'll have another mod on top of that. To start with, the Soul Gambler has extra. And that's the shrine mod, right? If if it affects the ultimate reward, then then I'm I'm yeah. on board with you. Yeah. If yeah, it's just like, well, it yeah. drops more exalted rings, like we've got that, and I think it's kind of silly. Um, but yeah. yeah, if like if it's like, yeah, okay, now this particular you know gambler, he's gonna have like uh, already you know he's gonna have like a, a, a tier five sealed effects from the get go. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, he said he likes the idea. I'd like my job application, please. <laughs> Let's let's use that as another segue here, talking about the monsters in the dungeon themselves affecting what the outcome is going to be as soon as you kill the boss. So the poster child for this currently is with the Soulfire Bastion, the third of the three dungeons introduced. As you kill monsters, you gather like soul currency. And as soon as you kill the boss, you get to use your soul currency to gamble, which incentivizes you to maybe not full clear, but kill as many monsters as possible while you're running through the Soulfire Bastion. Those first two dungeons, both the Temporal Sanctum and the Lightless Arbor, don't have anything like that. I want to talk about, like, should that be the case? Should it? Should all of these dungeons have the same effect, where, like, you gather something up by killing monsters, then you use it later on? Like, maybe you could you get only gold, and, like, the gold you kill in Lightless Arbor can be used for gambling at the end. It's or it's special gold. Special gold that's worth ten times as much or something, like, which should should they all have the same flavor? Or I should... vote to call it leprechaun gold. <laughs> Great. Should so what? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's well, let's talk about the consequence of not having that, which is you just run straight through, like mm. you have no reason to stop whatsoever. And so, whether or not the fix is definitively make it affect the end, which I think is what it should be. There needs to be something in the dungeon that makes you not run straight through other mechanics in it, maybe like some sort of cool chests that have special, you know, drops or something that is exploratory in the dungeon. I use that word a lot because that's what the problem is. The problem is you don't want to explore. Like you don't oh, want to they, do anything but run. They do have a system where you don't run straight through. You know what it is? In Roblox? Just make the mobs kill you. What? It's the Soulfire Bastion where you you don't give them any heed. They just kill you instead. Yeah, but that, that's also like, damage. it's really, a, it's, a, it's super <laughs> tedious to run. The, oh, no, no, the no. Dungeon. I agree. I agree. That's just, that's, yeah. that's the idea right now. Like, for instance, the Arbor Dungeon and the Soulfire Bastion, the reason why you don't just run through it is because... They're gonna kill you. <laughs> oh, the arbor's not scary. The arbor, the arbor yeah. enemies are aren't scary. But the, the, yeah. you're right. The I, the bastion. I haven't done much T four arbor, but with like for instance, temporal sanctum, you don't really kind of want to go too fast because like you know like enemies drop exalted rings. Sure, I'll spend a few extra minutes here. Well, know, in, like, in the temporal great. sanctum, there's also really good pack size. Yeah, there that are too. some that's dense great. corridors with monsters there. Like it's that that's fun. Like shifting into a pack of huge monsters and having them all spawn up and having that like oh crap moment to me like I was like yes finally. You know what they size. also don't have though mint green golems that one shot you off screen. That's what they don't have. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like temporal true. sanctum. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that soulfire bastion life. I only farmed soul uh, tier one soulfire bastion so that I can get my uh my ashes of mortality ring. That's all I. One do. thing to note that I've noticed with the dungeon so far. I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but. I've been playing a lot of builds and I've been pushing them to like, you know, 300, 400 corruption, the monolith doing that. And then 
going into T4 uh, Jurla and like going from the difficult mobs with modifiers to like just the mobs that just fall over if you breathe on them, that is that is a culture shock. Like that right there. It's just like, oh wow, wow, these things just fall over. I'm like, I could just walk through all this. And I don't I, I think T4 Dungeon shouldn't like it should be a little bit more dangerous than that. Now, I say that, and they're like, oh, let's just add diamond matrons into it. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, please, no. <laughs> so so one thing that you just pointed out is, like, the modifiers on your maps, they last for a long time when you're doing 400 corruption. So they pile up, and they become more and more difficult. When you're doing dungeons, you have two floors. So, like, you have, like, not even the, not even the first floor has modifiers on it. But, like, then the second floor will, and then the boss will have some. What if we had smaller floors, but four of them instead of two? Is is that like? Do we want more stacking modifiers and choose your own adventure? Uh, with that in that regards, I would. I know that this is gonna be funny when I say this, but I think they should take a page out of uh, Poe's book where just add a skill tree to each of the dungeons where you can like <laughs> click on modifiers and be like, Oh, you want to make the mobs in the model, like mobs in the dungeon drop significantly more loot, but they like, then like diamond matron spawn and stuff like that. That would be great. That was something, a system like that. Obviously it doesn't have to be insanely complicated. It could just be like five things or you can like choose or whatever, something of that ilk where it's not just run the dungeon. You're done. It's more like run the dungeon with the modifier you want on that, whatever day or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. It could be the favor system. Yeah, we found out that's a meta progression system. Hey, yeah. We hey, it could be. We don't know. Could be. We don't, we don't have any uh, idea of the favor system here. Is. Oh boy. Time All to we fire. know is what, is what the interview said. It's a meta progression <laughs> system. That's not tied to XP. So, you know, you know, and yeah, and I, I'm always a fan for skill trees. So if you recommend a skill tree for about anything, I'm going to say yes. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of imagining the favor system would be like, uh, similar to capturing their souls in divine vessels from like path of exile. Like you, know you have like funny? wagons favor so that something else happens more often. You know what's funny? Back when you were playing Perry, the the Pantheon system was garbage, right? But mm-hmm. then like recently, with like Expedition and all that, they completely revamped the like Pantheon system to the point where it's actually usable and mm-hmm. actually really cool. Cause like there's like freeze immunity in there. Like there's a reason to do your Pantheons now. And uh I was about to be like, oh, but Pantheons suck. I'm like, oh wait, no, now they don't. I'm like, interesting interesting so we were talking about having um having the monsters that you kill in the dungeon affect that the loot affect the loot that you get afterward is that an idea that would translate well into the monolith of fate like the monsters that you kill affecting how much exalted helmets drop from the exalted helmet node is is that the kind of thing that would that would benefit so um oh go ahead (laughs) i just want to differentiate you know that's like this one thing that could be like nice to killing monsters, but it doesn't necessarily solve the lack of exploration. So these are like two yeah. kind of separate things. I just want to make that clear to like, okay. you know, to chat and whatnot that that wouldn't like fix ex- exploration. You know, like you might go and kill a few more monsters, but you're not going to find anything exciting, but it could give you more reason to go and kill more monsters than you want to now. Yeah, that shrine idea would be cool for that specifically stuff like that where there's like you know like like you talked about path of exile or someone did recently i think it was someone where like yeah you know path of exile yeah it's fine because like there's like these 20 different leak mechanics in the map obviously we don't need that much 
but the chance at something rare happening, like like the aforementioned like Soul Bastion, Soulfire Bastion Shrine or something like that, just shrines in general, and stuff like that would be cool. Like for instance, they could have shrines that where you have to like do like a mini boss or something like that, where like it's actually kind of difficult, kind of like uh you know like an elite in uh Slormancer, kind of like that. Where it's like actually difficult. It's like it's like a normal mob. Like for instance, you take like or like in gunfire. You know, like the elite enemies in gunfire work. Where like there's like normal mobs and there's a elite version of it, which is like a bigger version with more health and all that. And it does something specific based on what it was beforehand. And make it so that when you kill that guy and you do it, it should be hard, right? When you do it, so that you like add the dungeon chest drops like a few extra exalted helmets or something like that. Something along those lines. It doesn't matter what it is. And like that key idea could be a thing. And then we could of course, of course get the dungeon warden, which I, I parrot the idea of having the dungeon warden from uh, Minecraft, but slapping Mike's face on it. That would be wonderful. I would love that as a mob. Yeah. I a hundred percent am in favor of Minecraft Mike as the dungeon warden <laughs> yeah, right here. That picture right there. So, do I even want to click on this during the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, what, what I'm hearing is like more exploration, reasons to do, reasons to be non-linear. Like, we, we talked about it in Dungeon, talked about it in like the Monolith of Fate. Are, are there reasons to do that also in, like, the, in the, in the storyline of Last Epoch itself? Like, is that an okay place to be linear and going from point A to point B? Uh... It depends on your opinion on how you feel about the campaign in general. Like, are you the kind of person that I hate the campaign? I want to get through it as fast as possible. Or I take my time in the campaign and I have fun and it takes me like 10 hours to do it. You know, it really depends on that. And I think it could easily go both ways. And this is an area where, like again, I think Pee Wee does it fairly well, where a lot of those mechanics show up in the campaign. In fact, you get introduced to them in the campaign. But you don't have to do them. Like you can just skip them if you're someone who wants to speed run to to the mapping. You can absolutely do that and not feel bad about it. But if you like to have something, you know, to break it up, it's there for you. That that, that kind of makes me feel like the tier one dungeon should be not gated by keys. I don't I don't think it's that big a deal if a if a character just like does that as their character progression on their first playthrough. Yeah, I think they should make it so it's just difficult. Right, like where it's like I would not do it in hardcore. To to be fair, well, yeah. I would not do this in hardcore. Well, I mean, the idea is is like, oh, you think your character's strong? Oh, yeah. Here's a here's a piece of candy. You can skip this amount of campaign and get to the end quicker. But uh, you know, you're gonna have to not die to the lightless arbor boss first. You know, and I would be fine with that. That's like where I think they could make tier one not require a key or have it already unlocked and not require a key, but then kill the rewards like they've done already yeah with yeah those, just you know. make the rewards much smaller altogether sure. yeah and like make the worst unique be the t1 drop which they pretty much already have somnia <laughs> this, is, this is an area where actually i i understand ESG, uh why they're why they're doing it the way they are because yeah. what they're worried about is that new players are going to just go into the dungeon not realize what they're doing finish the dungeon and then end up somewhere else in the campaign and they've completely missed yeah. the part of the campaign and they don't know what's going on what i think they should do is as soon as you get past the point of the dungeon being like you know on the first playthrough the dungeon you've you've passed where you would have come out have some quest end there that gives you a key so you can go back if you want to 
and then oh, you can yeah, always do it. Totally a side it. quest. Yeah, a side yeah. quest as a reward. That's just yeah. the reward. Is and then yeah. there's no way amazing. you can like accidentally skip then, it. That, yeah, way. Great. that would be Love amazing. Like a side quest because we're, we're lacking side quests right yep. now, right? Yeah. So it's like it's a pretty good reward, too, no matter what, because on a new character, you're going to want to open up the dungeon anyway. You're going to need the key. You might as well just go get it anyway. Yeah, there's one key down all four of them anyways. And then yep. it keeps it so that uh, it makes it so that the dungeons still keep their kind of luster. I really like the idea of the dungeons being this kind of thing. And as an extra piece of content where you can use it to super juice your characters quicker and all that. And I like that. Now, obviously, the campaign isn't set up for it yet because of how how passives and all that work currently. But as when the, the when the campaign gets the rest of the axe and it's finished, skipping through the Lightless Arbor right uh, part is not going to feel as bad because then you just do the rest of the campaign. And you get all the passives and stuff. Right now, it feels bad because that's not the case. Like you, if you use all the dungeon skips or whatever, right? Uh, you're going to have no pa- no extra passives, no idle slots, mainly the idle slots. But at the same time, it's like, like we only get 15 passives. It, it's really possible for like a character to be able to do the base monoliths, like the 58 ones, without their idols and without their... Obviously, this would be a strong build, but it's entirely possible. Because like, what idols are you going to have then anyways? 15 right? Unless, cold res and 10 flat life? Yeah, right? exactly. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. So if I know they've then they've, they've said they want um they want it to be the case to where as they add more dungeons when you skip one it's kind of basically negate the other one so you have to be part of the campaign it's like the like the campaigns yeah. overlap a little bit hmm. okay. yeah it so, turns off the thing until you finish the campaign yeah yeah effectively kind of based because you just you just went past it you like you have to go you have to go all the way back which means you have to do like yeah you know, I like all their that, maps where they make it yeah they don't so if they, just yeah. unlock it because so if be they terrible. get that right then you'll then you'll probably by nat by nature just pick up passive points no matter what route you take and then you know it's, just make it good. not efficient to do them all make it efficient that you can do like one or two of them at most yeah just it, just a few just enough to where like no matter what you're always going to get your passives and your idols I, I suddenly in my head i'm playing shoots and ladders and it's great <laughs> cool this yeah, is shoots and ladders is perfect. great it's a fun game why is that coming to mind so <laughs> that's actually pretty apt yeah if, except if we don't have the dice rolls <laughs> well maybe uh, you do i'm maybe sure we can do. incorporate gambling if you oh, still did want the cold to. wave crit me or not that's a dice roll so if we're if we're talking about like dungeon at the beginning, maybe you can just like walk into it and like lower rewards, but it doesn't require a key. Or you get a key from doing a quest and go back. So we're talking about like alternative ways to get keys. The Lightless Arbor has a pretty good possibility <laughs> of giving you infinite keys. You yeah. find one key, you go in there once, you get eight more, and each one more key gives you one or two more keys. Which are entirely Should... useless unless if you're farming for the uniques. <laughs> True. What about like should should the dungeons be like self-sustaining? So in in Path of Exile, just real quick, if we're talking about like the Labyrinth of Fate from Path of Exile, you have a, you have a pretty good chance of when you open one of the treasure chests at the end from a gold key that you got from farming in the middle of the lab, one of those treasure chests could have a bunch of offerings to the gods. And you could go run 10 more after this, or 10 more labs. Should that be a mechanic that is incorporated in these dungeons as well? Where like as soon as you get one key, you're relatively sure that you can run it five or six times? Uh, 
what they could do is they could do it like lab like we were talking about where they just add a modifier to like a shrine inside the dungeon or something like that or just like a like the dungeon boss has like 50 percent increased attack speed but then when he dies he has he drops a key and stuff like that that'd be great and like oh the t4 dungeon boss allows you to get uh, gives you a bunch of extra soul fire essence or whatever on death or for the bastion uh your first modifier you buy is free but the lightless arbor is 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 an asshole like he is already or you know like t4 dungeon it's like i don't know what they could do for t4 dungeon or make it so that T4 Jirla drops another unique that is based on the unique that she drops. Like, you know how, like, she drops an, ex well, not a unique, but, like, an exalted? She drops, oh. like, another pair of LP unique, like a random LP unique, and then have a random exalted item that would work with that LP unique, so that she dropped two of those shared pairs instead of just one. Not not her unique, but, like, a random one, right, that I, I she could drop. And stuff like that and make it so that one of them is just the dungeon key just drops an extra dungeon key that'd be great mcfluffin same question for you then what about what about self-sustaining yeah. dungeons so i i always worry about um content that becomes self-sustaining when it's like limited in diversity like uh like the dungeons are like running a you know running uh one of those dungeons any one of them they're pretty limited in what you do there it's you know consistently the same content and what happens is if they happen to be the most efficient method of getting anything and you want to get it, you are stuck there until you get what you want. If it's something that's like constant, like say gold, then that content becomes the primary content that you play. And yeah. when that happens, the diversity of the game just like tanks. Absolutely. Well, that's tanks. why you, that's why you make it leprechaun gold that you can't take outside of the dungeon. <laughs> and it just goes away. Well, but that's not how it's set up right now, right? Like all the well, systems yeah, affect yeah. you in all the other ways. And, so that would be my biggest worry about like lightless arbor is probably one of the easy like, the safest ones because you have to get gold to run it and to do anything worthwhile yeah but and it, uh, to some extent i guess um well actually temporal sanctum lightless arbor could still be that because they give you the free modifiers on the you know like the tier four drops exalted whatever um or they all you know have they, they increased exalted anything if that day is like really really good exalted so you might be there all day and, and um, maybe that's a good thing, though, sometimes. Maybe that's not that's... a good thing. I don't want to be running any of those dungeons. I've already done that. We did that. I did that for the uniques. I hated it. That's why I made that, that freaking video. I, I think that's where oh, the that's video came from, that you just didn't want to but run Isn't that anymore. more of a problem of the dungeons not being fun to farm than the problem of having a reason to farm them that day? It's both. I mean, it, yeah. even if it's fun content, if it's this, like... The, the reason why we want like all these different systems is so that we don't get stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again. So we can, yeah. you know, we can change, uh, change it up. So when that system becomes self-sustaining, it doesn't give you a reason to go and do anything else. You might, you might want to do it, but you'll feel bad about it because you're doing something less efficient. And so I think the <laughs> yeah. easiest thing is just to make sure that they all interact and interplay with each other so that you're always incentivized to do different content to help out the other content. It, it McFluffin, it sounds like what you're saying is you want to funnel people back into the monolith of fate as often as possible. Or whatever. I want to funnel people into lots of content, right? I want whatever it is that EHG makes at any given time, whatever the, the end game looks like, I want there to be reasons to do all of it and to do it, you know, the variety throughout your gameplay constantly. So you just never feel like you're stuck in any one um 
type of content. And the more diverse the content is, you know, the longer you can spend there, which is why I think the Monolith of Fate is generally a really good main endgame system because there's a lot to do there. It's not just like a dungeon to where you just you're literally doing the same thing over and over again. But even the Monolith, like there's a reason why we wanted other endgame systems because you don't want to spend all your time doing one thing. You want to feel like you can continuously move around and uh, you know and still progress and still feel good about it, feel rewarded. Yeah, and I still feel like like I agree with that, but at the same time, I come from a game like Path of Exile where you can do one kind of endgame. But the thing is, it's not easy to do that, right? There's a buy-in. You have to like buy a bunch of simulacrum keys to do it first. You have to farm up currency to get to that point. But then once you get to that point and you're finally doing it, you can easily become self-sustaining if you do it right, right? Like if you get enough rewards, you can just go buy more simulacrum keys and keep doing it. And same thing with lab and all that. And Maybe that could be the way they go in the future. Like if they just make keys rare enough to the point where if I want to keep farming the same dungeon over and over again, I have to go out of my way to go buy those keys so that if I want to limit myself to one end game system, I can go do that, but I don't, you're not, you're not able to just like walk into it, you know, as a new player. Right. I want to touch on one more specific topic before I kind of open it up. What about, for somebody who has no keys whatsoever, what does that person do? Or maybe even what should that person have to do in order to start farming these dungeons? Uh, currently, right now, kill as many monolith bosses as possible in like uh, Orbis. Just keep killing them. Just keep killing them. That's, that's really the main way. Or, or you could do, you know, T4 uh, Arena of Champions and have a chance of dropping, uh, getting a mod to drop one key after 20 minutes of grind. Okay, I'll shut up about Arena of Champions. <laughs> Arena of Champions. All right, McFluffin, same question to you then. What do you, what do you do as somebody who has no keys whatsoever? You're in Empowered Monoliths. Your character's level, you know, 75 or so. What do you do? Yeah, you, you run Monolith Bosses. That's that's clearly the, the best option right now. It's far and away the most efficient method of getting of getting more keys. It's pretty deterministic too. Like you just build yeah. up stability, you kill the boss, hope you get the right keys. If you don't, you just reset and do it again. Mm-hmm. Should there be a different way of getting keys? Like we, we did briefly talk about like on the model of the fate, there's like those key rewards that can give you an arena key of memory or maybe just a regular arena key. Should those be opened up? Maybe like a different system for obtaining these keys? I mean, you, get, you could, yeah, you could give arena champions some actual point. If you did that, like it actually have a purpose. So, you know, this is the portion nice. of the stream where we dunk on Arena of Champions. Dread, do you want to go first? <laughs> one in nine chance. One in nine chance. You is that put what a it key is? in, you put a key in, you have a one in nine chance to get the unique you want. That's all I have to say. So, so there's, so there's three bosses, and each boss has a one in three chance of dropping oh, their specific 36% unique. chance, but it's close enough. Okay. So it's, so it's approximately one in nine to get the specific unique you want. So did you not get a, a one LP Vion's chariot on your first try? Was it that wasn't your experience? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> weird, huh? All right. <laughs> and then McFluffin, what about Arena of Champions? Are you as jaded as Dread is about this? I, yeah, I mean, they added the unique, so now they have something in them. But before that, I, I just I don't understand why they were added. Like, I'm not trying to say they shouldn't have added them. I just what was the what was the goal? Do you um, think why they added the uniques or why they added the bosses? Why they added what? 
They said specifically, let's uh, just be clear, they said specifically after we talked about this uh, in the Ask for Devs, I'd have to go dig it up, but they said that they're planning on making more uniques for the Arena of Champions and not just have it one unique per. So instead of having a 36% chance of getting one unique, you have a chance of getting a unique from him, and that would make it feel a lot less bad. So it's just another like couple of bosses to get uniques off of? Like, we've got that. It's called a monolith. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just I thought I thought Arena of Champions was going to do something different. I thought it was going to be difficult. Yeah, it's not like because <laughs> if it was difficult, then it'd it makes sense, is right? Be, on a new character. Well, yeah, everything's difficult. New character. Um, well, everything like uh, what's his name? The the first monolith boss isn't, but abomination. Abomination is not, but <laughs> like um, all the tier stuff. You know, get to tier four. Yeah, it's, it's harder on a new character, but um that stuff is easier than tier four uh dungeons and it's in the content cycle that is supposed to be competitive like you know arena is supposed to be where you go to show off just how awesome you are and then the 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 arena of champions is like well you can be a lot less awesome and do these instead of the the dungeon like i don't understand why that and no offense to mike who just did an awesome tier three arena of champions you know like the amazing was really cool but tier four dungeons are just harder than tier four arena of champions they just they just really really are and even if they had made those very challenging content without much, you know, reward wise, at least I could be like, okay, that is that is for the l- let me show how awesome I am. I cleared tier four crimson. Well, I would rather them make it like I would rather them make it so that when you make those choices in the arena of champions, you can just choose the obviously bad idea. Like give the arena champion frenzy and haste. Give the arena champion enrage at half health. Give the arena champion 25% crit avoid. They can make the arena champion very, very hard with some very quick modifiers. You, you want something they, other than just 100% health, 100% damage? Yeah, and they could make variety. those okay. the rewarding mods and then they could give the baby mod if you're just you know wanting to do that instead the arena of Na- nappians like uh nair just said you can have the arena nappians or you could have the arena of you're probably going to die <laughs> and it, it, i would it, be okay with that it sounds like the reward system for the arena of champions isn't matching what you two are looking for what's what reward is missing from last epoch keys keys you just want more keys from champions well, yeah. specifically or from last yeah. debug in general from specifically champions i think that because so arena of champions is this interesting piece of content where it's like you get a bunch of arena keys right and if you're not doing actual arena then you're of course wanting to do arena of champions how do i turn these and they also cost a lot when you sell them right why do they cost a lot when they sell them when the actual content that's associated with it i.e arena of champions is not really worth your time what they could do and this would fix a lot of our problems that we were just talking about, uh, where instead of making it so that, you know, make make it so that keys drop still from the monolith, but make it so it's less, and then make the arena of champions be the key thing. Like, it would be the intermediary content. Like, let's imagine you're like day one of the league, right? And you're like, okay, I want to go farm arena of champions T4 because it's not that hard. And I want to turn all the, like, I want to, I want to get farm keys so that I can go farm the dungeons afterwards. And that's how it feels right now. Like it's supposed to be that. Now, is it that right now? No, but the, also the problem is, is like, as you know, as people are saying in chat, well, the biggest difficulty of Arena of Champions right now is the fact that you have to be uh, sober during the whole time. You have to be awake. And 
what Perry and I talked about recently. We talked about the arena system in, in arena specifically, where the waves keep coming even if you don't kill everything. And the arena of champions don't have that for some reason. And like, why not make it so that, and like, I would wish that it was much faster or there was like, like in, you know, like, uh, in, uh, what is it called? Vampire Survivors. It's very popular, right? They have a hyper mode where everything's faster. Give us hyper arena of champions where things just come in droves. Make the make the you know make the reward a little bit better for that specifically. But then like make it so like you know it's like a fight to the death. Make it really hard. Like I want arena of champions to be like the hardest content in the game. Like in like just for fun. Like like Earth Arena, yeah. Just make it like <laughs> the the hilarious, like not not hilarious, but like make it so that like when I'm doing it on stream, it's like a spectacle to be had. Like I want like I want a wave or like four diamond matrons like pop up and I'm like, oh shit, and then I die because of that. I want I want <laughs> blood sport. I want to like pe appease the masses, you know. Oh, obviously not that crazy, but you get what I mean. Like I want to be excited when I do it. And right now, I fall asleep instead. So it's like, you know. I've got this, two things yeah, uh, go on Dread's points. Uh, <laughs> the last 10 waves in Arena of Champions are the best. It's, yeah, they should I all agree. be like that. Yeah. Which is exactly what Dread is saying. It should always be like that to where they're just like, they're coming out, they're coming out, coming out. There's never any time where you don't have enemies. Here's a solution that works with uh, the monolith that we're talking about with uh, Keys and Dungeons and with Dreads. What if the Arena of Champions drops a key of conversion? there's a chance to get a key of conversion as a reward. And if you have a key of conversion and you find a dungeon in an echo, you can then use the key of conversion to turn that into a dungeon key, which you can then use in any character. Or it could just be like the all key or like you just put it in and it works for any of them. Just use it as the all key, you know, like it's like, you know, it's but like then, then it's outside of the monolith style. again. Now you just like skip the monolith. The whole point is that you're not skipping the monolith. <laughs> no, that, that you're works. Just, you're exploring that works. stuff in the monolith. I mean, to be fair, the arena of champions is so far out of the way of the monolith. Exactly. So we're trying to try, try to tie stuff in. So we have like this key that you then have to use once you find something in the monolith on that thing in the monolith, inside an echo, and then you get to have your your special dungeon key that you can yeah. run on any character. So it's you still have to use the the monolith, but now you also have to use the arena. So now both content are important to use you know and now now we actually have value in both yeah no i, I agree I, I was just teasing but it's like right now obviously from everything we've said and everything we're seeing from twitch chat too which you guys can see if you're watching from youtube now thank god thank you perry by the way for doing that wonderful work on that uh Arena of Champions is not what we envisioned. When we were told about it, like the forum post, we thought we were going to get our asses kicked. And that was not the case. And it's, you know, I want Arena of Champions to be like, like wave like 400 kind of difficulty. Like I want it to be difficult. I want it. And of course, make the rewards, you know, you know situational for that and i agree with mcfluffin that there could be tie-ins to the monolith of fate as well where you could tie it in in that regard like there's like so i have actually been playing d2 and i know lone star has been playing d2 as well and one thing that i would really like is maybe give us a way where like the arena of champions it gives us pieces of unique you know like you have rune words and you have like pieces of a of like a thing like you know passion enigma those things right where you have rune words where you do like the, the three rune words on the chest and it turns into enigma well what you could do 
is you can have the arena of champions be the finishing piece of the puzzle, like when he drops the finishing piece of the puzzle, but you can find those puzzle pieces in the monolith of fate, like you said, and the arena echoes in the monolith of fate and have the arena echoes feel like the arena champion echoes where like, you know, and you could find a mini boss that's not the big boss at the end of the arena champions. It could be like a, a themed boss, like a peon, right? Like, a, like you know, kind of like a PUE where you have like the, the endless hunger and then, you know, the the world guy, except don't don't add the endless hunger, please don't. Uh, but yeah, like, and when he drops that piece, it's like, to finish this piece, it's a two-piece. Uh, you have to go to the Arena of Champions to get the other piece, like the Big Daddy piece. And you combine two pieces, and bam, you get a Van Chariot. What, what I'm hearing from these explanations is more of like a coherent, tied-together system. So right now, if you want to like do the, um, the Temporal Sanctum to make like a legendary item, you want to farm up your blessings to get like, you know, unique amulets and, and you know, unique, unique items to drop and amulets to drop. And then you go to the corresponding place to farm up amulets and you hope to get one with LP on it. And then all like ultimately you're going to farm up a key and then you take it there and then you do this. And it's like this is this whole system that kind of points together. Or maybe you do high corruption in order to get gold and then you go to Lightless Arbor in order to spend that gold. Maybe Soulfire Bastion could have more of a tie into these other systems as well. But that's that's what I'm hearing. You want like. You want you want these things to be more coherent and less less standalone. Is that is for that a good matter for them to matter? Yeah, okay. matter. I mean, tying them in guarantees they matter. But I mean, you could do it other ways. But I don't know. Cool. I just like the idea that you know this content will also lead to that content will also lead to that content. Just yeah. constantly in, enticing you to do more, to do different yeah. things. I would love it if you did like an arena echo in the monolith. And he dropped like this weird fragment, like fragment of Veon's oh, carry. Fragments. And it and it like tells you, like, hey, if you want the other piece of me to have me, you need to go to the arena of champions to like go fight, you know, whatever, and then get the other piece. And that would be that kind of tie-in where it's like, it's not like uh, you know, I've been watching someone on YouTube, his name is Joff Strife Hayes. And if you Great know guy. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. And one of the things he likes, it, he's been talking about sandbox MMO specifically. And he's talking about how, like, in a sandbox MMO, like an ARPG, it's kind of like if you put, you know, put some parallels uh, where, you know, you go out into this world, you do whatever you want, like Minecraft, right? Or something like that. But there's, he wants suggested paths. Not like, not, not like, oh, you should go do this. More like a, hey, you know, there are some things you could do. You know, and like suggested things like you could, you know, go kill the Ender Dragon. Or in this case, you know, with the Arena of Champions thing, like you drop that, you know, Vance Chariot piece, like, hey, you know, you could go uh, try the Arena of Champions if you want. You know, you don't have to. You could just throw this fragment on the ground and never use me ever again. But you could also get something really cool, you know, and it's like the suggestions like that, where it's not like, you know, like putting a gun to your head and forcing you to do it. It's more like a kind of a tease. And that's like what the legendary potential system is like, because you drop an LP legendary and you're like, you're a new player. And you're like, how do I use this? What? What is this? Oh my God. And you do some research and you find out it, you can turn it into this overpowered legendary item if you just go do a T4 Jirla. And then, bam, that's your tie in. 
And like the monolith has that. And that's why the T4 dungeon feels way better in that regard versus the other dungeons. Like for instance, when you drop like a key, you're like, oh, let me just go do that. Instead of like, a, oh, you know, I could do that. And that's like the case is could. Interesting. So for the podcast, we are just over an hour at this point. I've worked through my own topics. I've gotten the conversations that I wanted to get out of both of you. Is there anything else on your mind about either like dungeons, the current patch? We talked a little bit about set items as well, and those are being revamped slowly but surely. Maybe even voting on community unique items. I'd like to talk about that. City Spear. I'd like to talk about that, yeah. Let's talk. I'll let you go first, McFluffin. Let's let's talk for a moment. Yeah, unique voting on the new community design unique item. McFluffin, take it. Meteor. Mana Strike Meteor. We should it's all be voting for that. Though. It's at 24% though. I know. Well, we should all be voting for that. It's the only one that actually creates a build style that we don't currently have. I don't care about turning my volcanic orb into into void volcanic orb. Wouldn't that just be devouring orb with it. extra steps? Well, it's, yeah, it, like, it, I don't it, understand why that's getting so many you, votes. It gives you a buff and then you gain movement speed. And well, you, you know I that thing is, A, you know it's going to be so, capped because if it's not capped, it's going to be stupid overpowered. Which means, B, you're going to go slower because it also tells you you can't use your teleport. It's going to be terrible. The problem with the Volcanic Orb Unique is it's not something that makes you play Volcanic Orb differently other than the, you know, the movement. You you don't use your your teleport. The reason why everyone (laughs) loves it so much is because Volcanic Orb is historically a really bad skill and people want Volcanic Orb to be good. So anything that has the name on Volcanic Orb is like, oh, that could make Volcanic Orb actually playable and fun to use. And that's what they're doing. Like, for instance, Meteor with Mana Strike thing, they see a one-second cooldown, like, ew, I mean, that's how I feel, ew. I mean, at the same time, like, would you really want to crit Meteor more? But at the same time, my problem with the Mana Strike Meteor thing is just like, is it going to give you a reason to do that instead of just self-casting the meteor, right? Now, obviously, you yes. don't have to go through the animation. Absolutely, because you can get all your mana back, and you can crit guaranteed with mana yeah. strike. Absolutely, yeah. well, and you can play on Spellblade. So what it does is it combines the actions, two actions. It combines the attacking action of mana strike, and it combines the casting of meteor which by the way is super clunky so that's like what you're getting in return for the rat city spear is so in this regard so just just for a second before we continue so the community unique item so far over these weeks of voting that we've had we know that it's going to be a two-handed spear we know that the intent of the item is going to be for mage and we know that the theme of the item it, it it's not going to be a theme for tri-elemental the theme is going to be the lost refuge and in parentheses rat city so those are the three and we're just things gonna call we it the Rat City so Spear. It so doesn't matter either... what they're gonna name it. <laughs> I don't know what the Rat City thing has to do with any of the uniques. So like like <laughs> Rat, Rat City is like anti-void. Like how about all these void things? Like okay, sure, yeah, they're they're fighting against the void. Let's make a bunch of void things, but none of them are like thematic to Rat City in any well, way. Maybe maybe the, ideology maybe like the mage the void and shove it back in their faces. I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but Rat City go. lost, so they didn't really do that. Alternate timeline, McFluffin. You're wearing too much. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, well, alternate timeline where stuff. Rat City Radio stays alive and they make a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I'm going I'm to tell you my vote right now. I've, I've already voted on this thing. And it, it's kind of in the same vein as, as things that I've talked about in the past. I want to vote for uh, on melee crit, you get Ellie Nova. 
I do too. I wanted to bypass the cooldown, the ridiculous cooldown on the Ignite version, so you can play like a crit ignite, uh, like crit ignite Ellie Nova with the gigantic AOE. But of course, that'll never happen now because now we're so, getting a uh, devouring yeah. orb plus. <laughs> so I I like that better than the volcanic orb. Because it lays a new playstyle yeah, sure, technically, sure, sure. but Elemental Nova doesn't need a new playstyle. Dropping freaking meteors from melee is what you need, <laughs> well, and we have fair, nothing. You know, you know what my problem is? Next time you heard. <laughs> no what? elemental nova there's like one play style you play the there's a bunch of play one. styles when's the last time you heard someone say you know what mana strike is freaking amazing i love it I you like could now strike. have an amazing mana strike that drops <laughs> I mean, meteors on things faces utility but yeah it's right. great for utility but like damage wise it's good well, and actually you can make you, you could, make it you clear could but mana, you can mana strike with the velatria set and have arc or you could have uh oh yeah, uh, that could work. Lightning blast going off is lightning damage. Try to, try to kill Lagan with that. Tell me how it goes, because I've tried it. It's not <laughs> fun. It's 20 minutes. It? Now drop a meteor on Lagan's face with mana strike, and now sure. we're talking. It's not going to hit him. That. It's too Put far. Put Critvon on the meteor one so that, you know, there's a reason to be attacking a bunch. So my, my rationale for wanting the Ellie Nova on crit is that on crit is something that any mastery in any class can do. So you can have a meteor, or sorry, you can have an Ellie Nova proccing as a you know flurry rogue, for example, or you could use. Well, but it has a one second cooldown. Though. You could you could use warp. No skill have... tree. No, it's almost going to. I mean, but you might use it for like. I just, I, I want to vote for something yeah. that could Ailments. be used for a different yeah. master. The well, fact the that it's mana strike I mean, and like mana strike procs meteor. Okay, what you could do with the spear. If you could it do that with meteor too, though. You could absolutely do that. No, you can't though because it's mana strike. So you can't. Oh, yeah. right, that's true. Oh, yeah, okay. that's oh, the right. point. That's yeah. what we're getting at. No, the idea is with the Ellie Nova on Melly crit hit, right? You could play like a Rive, like Forge Guard or something like that. And, well, we're already going down a rabbit hole. But still, uh, you could play a Rive <laughs> Forge Guard. You could crit, and that Ellie Nova could be applying, a, applying ailments, right? Extra ailments that you consume for the Fizz portion. And that would be great. That would be actually kind of great. Okay. Yeah, I, I have less of a, a like if you vote for the Ellie, Ellie Nova one, I'm less concerned like that. Yeah, I can see why like that's making new builds kind of not really, but kind of <laughs> there's so, a possibility as long as there's the possibility. That's what matters. It's, it's more like it's more so big shoehorn. brain to me than like the volcanic orb, which is like, can I go slower <laughs> so, with so volcanic none of orb, us, make it purple? None of us like volcanic orb. That's that's what I'm hearing. Well, I mean, none of us like Volcanic Orb because it sucks right now. If Volcanic Orb, did it's not a new playstyle, and we'd it's, be happy. Oh, I agree. Every unique that has ever come out that says, "Hey, we don't want you to use a movement skill," has been terrible. What's how's this one going to be any different? Guy, can you imagine a unique item the that like, removes damage from what your is? build? Band's charge is pretty good. It makes you not want to use your your maul or your uh, surge until you get more damage, which is fine. Well, but you still use it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is yeah, this is a very <laughs> you don't use it at all. Yeah. Like, just don't use it at all. I mean, yeah, the problem with this is if it has an infinite duration, it's broken. Yeah, it's just busted. If it doesn't have an infinite duration, it's it garbage. sucks. Yep. And there's, there's, there's no there's no in between here. We also have to get over the fact that volcanic orbs not a good skill. But what this might do. And I'm happy with this. It might make them rework volcanic orb faster. There's that's so what many Zakara things. wants and why he keeps going for it. But like that, there's you're, that's, so many things that need to be reworked at this point. It, I, I mean, know, you're, that's I a like big leap of faith. Where the I other two like don't. Volcanic orb. The, I, I, I actually like volcanic orb too, but like this isn't fixing volcanic orb. Well, and yeah, the other two uniques actually well, no. just work. What's they gonna don't happen? Need to What's going to happen? Is Zizarin or another big streamer is going to play the game? They're going to drop the spear, 
They're going to use it. They're going to see that it's absolutely bad because Volcanic Orb is bad. And then EHG's like, oh, Volcanic Orb looks terrible. We got to fix it. And okay. then they'll right. fix it. It's like this the, is not 500 Mathel, IQ Mathel play. This is 1,000 like IQ we need play. To buff it. <laughs> this is 1,000 IQ. Where let's let's put in a really awful unique <laughs> so that don't have to add it people will they play it, it when and say orb it's terrible <laughs> so that they'll get Volcanic Orb fixed. Yes. All right. Yes. I'm kind of yes. on board now. Yeah. <laughs> all right so we're all voting for volcanic orb perfect well, they I make a terrible unique thing. so they make volc orb better yeah this is great well i mean the the unique would be fine if volcanic orb was like fine you know what i mean like but that like, means you don't need you the could unique actually hit yourself with shrapnel a bunch like you could stand in the volcanic orb thing and get like 10 shrapnel on you so whatever the bonus is it's still going to be fine it's just the problem is is like then you're playing volcanic orb and then you have volcanic orb issues yeah then you're playing volcanic orb and not teleporting mm. yeah yeah, great. <laughs> One thing I well, will say about the, cap it. the the community voting then for this current stage of the unique item, <laughs> it is a little bit interesting. So for the like primary interaction, I was surprised at how pigeonholed these choices were from EHG. Like we've had uh, like a couple options here, a couple options there for these previous couple weeks. But like for this, it's like, well, hey, all right, all right, community, do you want an item that well, on mana strike melee crit you cast meteor? Or I do you think... want this thing that gives you movement speed if the shrapnel hits you and you don't use teleport and also this? Like it's, it's very, the problem, very specific. The problem is, is they didn't tell us, at least I don't think they told us when I was reading the first post, that the forum posts on the thing was going to determine what choices we have in terms of the volcanic orb thing, right? Like these were all forum posts on the other forum post. I didn't know that until now. And Wait, I'm pretty sure you guys didn't know that either. So all of these choices that we have are suggestions they had on the forum post. Now, oh, the people type is, these in? Mm, yeah, these are all ideas in. from the community. Oh, now, I had no problem, idea. I had no idea too. And oh. that was the problem is we had no idea. So now we feel disenfranchised because we didn't know that. Right. And fine. Like I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm just more like they could have, like, I, I think they told us, but like they told us in like a sentence or something. And like, if they said like, Hey, like the, like all these forum posts are going to give us the choices. I would have made a forum post. Yeah. Uh, I wanted same that here. red yeah. city radio spear where like, you know, you copy your, uh, you have a bunch of clones that like shoot out like lightning blasts for you. That would have been great. Like I, I, obviously, you know, it's whatever the community chooses at this point, like at this point it's already set in, but maybe in the future, if they do this again, uh, that would probably be a good idea to tell us that like the forum posts are going to determine what the unique effect at mm -hmm. the end is going to have. I've actually got an idea that I think would be way better if they do this again a second time. So instead of doing it the way they did, I think they should do one week. People submit their ideas. Week two, you have an NCAA style bracket where things are already seated, right? Like, so you have you have two uh, unique ideas going up against each other and just like there's a whole bunch of these and you vote on each one of them, which one you like best. The next week, the winners go on to the next part of the bracket and you keep doing this until you get a final two and you vote on those and then the winner takes all well they still have to vote on well what they would do is they would vote who it gets for what item it is what item base and then they could do that just create the, the the whole unique concept people yeah. one week you're like all right come up with a unique and tell us about it well and then I think they, they put that up against another unique than that 
Like, it's like, come up with a unique mage spear, and then I think that would be fun. No, no, it's just like, whatever you crazy unique ideas you guys have. <laughs> whatever crazy unique <laughs> ideas, and then ESG is like, all right, this, this we're going to see my these, way of getting Maybe, maybe my don't see, maybe just randomize it. What's that? Oh, without, this, is, is, this is my way of getting my cool, like, unique items in the game. Yeah, you had a great idea, and you're like, how do I get this in? I don't have $1,000. Exactly. Like, okay, done. Well, the problem is if... The problem is if a choice that gets chosen that they can't implement in the game for some sort of reason, it doesn't it make it in the tournament, right? They, yeah. they choose what makes yeah, it in the tournament. Out of okay, the game, well, sure. yeah, then yeah, then that would be fine. Yeah, no, they're, they're just they're curating the first week, right? Like, like, well, we can't do that, so that's just not in the tournament. And then they, they pick all the ones that they think they can do and they put them all in the tournament. And then the first, you know, we just we go week by week through and cut it, cut it down until you get to the last two. And then those head off. They they face off for the final vote, and then winner is the is the unique. Cool. Am I am I the only one that thinks that like I feel really bad for the person who's like designing the art and designing the name for the thing? Like, oh, this this name works perfectly for the art. It's like the Lost Refuge Spear or something, and it's like Rat City Spear. And then like a new player is <laughs> gonna come around. They're gonna drop it, and we're gonna go to our own of our streams or something, or YouTube or whatever, and we're be like, "Oh, there's like, is there a use for the Lost Refuge Spear?" I'm like, "Wait, what? What is that?" And then they, <laughs> oh, you mean it, the Rat City? And they're like, "Oh, you mean the Rat City Spear? Yeah." <laughs> Dude, if I was making that unique, I'd just be like, "All right, here's a stick with a rat on the end of it." There's well, your Rat City Spear. No, they they should put it in the flavor text, the Rat City part, and it'd be no, funny. no, it's a rat. Can, can it be a, like on a, a pole? Can it be stick. like rat on crit? Like whenever you hit, like a rat falls crit. down Dude, in the sky sick. instead of a meteor. Ratatouille spear. Let's what go. if it? What if it was uh, on crit? It drops a meteor that um, has the splash effect of a bunch of rats that go around and fight stuff for like five seconds. I would vote for it. I would vote mm -hmm. for it. I think this is a good example though of how we have a. This is a very good example of a unique item that we don't like because of the fact it's so tied to a skill. Like for instance, like with like elemental Nova on Millie crit, like what Perry was saying, it's generic so that, you know, a it lot also of makes it busted. It. Let's be realistic. You guys want it. Cause it'll be busted. It's a one second cooldown. How could it be? busted? I'm sure it's, it's going to be, it's everything's be busted. Everything. If it's not busted, it sucks. You know that. It's well, that's the whole game. <laughs> Look, look at right, ashes. Right. If it's like a tenth is, of ashes. Is Vanna's Strike Meteor really busted or sucks? Like, I think it's probably going to be relatively balanced. <laughs> well, no. What I mean is, like, now you're playing it on, like, now you're playing it only on Mage. That's what was the point we were getting at. Like, What's for a instance, Mage you need? Really well, you, you, could have, you could have Warpath, and while Warpath channeling, you get adaptive you get an damage, and then you have Smites yeah. going off, and you Meteors, and I get it that you guys want, like, the ultra big brain, like, I can use this anywhere in a way that nobody ever imagined I'm so cool. Well, I want, just I want have a cool. I want some like meteor. Like it's I, like I want, it's okay. I want, I want some brain. See, all of this <laughs> arguing is at fault though, because it doesn't matter because we're gonna get devouring orb. Plus. You're right. Yeah, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting we're getting the devouring orb. Uh, whatever. Well, yeah, it depends. Mage, yeah. Like I really like a unique that gives us a bunch of increased mana regen because that fix is one of the biggest problems with like volcanic orb is the fact it costs no a bunch of mana for no reason. So I like that. Like if it was like released and it was decent, like it could make volcanic orb viable. But then at the same time, it's like. Are we going to be doing that where we just add uniques to make skills viable instead of, you know, and then it's back. And if it makes it viable, then good luck on your rework because like, there's sure, no yeah, reason to, you know, sure. so you just yeah, need exactly. the unique and you're only right. ever going to ever have void volcanic or void. Well, it says orb. directly casting a volcanic orb, but then, yeah, you just use, I mean, how and often then, do then you, you have to scale otherwise. void damage on a, I guess scaling void damage on a mage isn't that bad because you do maybe, maybe stuff. the next mastery for mage ends up being something that has like generic damage multipliers. 
in it instead well, of like instead of strictly elemental damage. instead of attack yeah. based Rune Master? maybe it has Rune Master. maybe it's got something else in there well you could just attribute stack that works too sure 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 I think with that we are just about an hour and a half into the podcast the discussion of the community design unique item was more vibrant than I thought it was going to be but that makes me very happy so I'm glad that, that we got that conversation tacked on to the end of this podcast here so this has been episode six. We've talked about all sorts of things, talked about 085E, got the new like unique items added or like, I guess, tailored down a little bit, some set items being reworked. We talked about the interview that happened with Zizarin, which most notably confirmed that apparently multiplayer is happening this year, 2022. I love how that's the only thing that matters from the entire thing. That's Listen, like, no, the, I rest, agree. the rest I of agree. the Zizarin interview. That's the only thing that matters to me. <laughs> if, if you watch on a weekly basis, the dev streams that happened with Mike, then you're probably familiar with everything that happened in the Ziz interview. Like it was nice to know who Stans was. I don't. I didn't know this person before. I stand Stans and, are. Stans is a big deal. And and he had some really good insightful things to say. I'm going to continue listening to the podcast. I'm about half. Or sorry, about at that interview. I'm about halfway through it right now. But I've liked it so far. But it's not really like new information. The thing that I took away the most was just that multiplayer bit. So with that said, I want to thank you, Mick Fluffin, for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was an absolute blast. I really enjoyed and myself. I, I think we'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. I, I, Absolutely. I do want to let you know if you're watching on Spotify or YouTube or right here live on Twitch. Next week, we're going to have a uh, an early episode. So instead of having it on Friday after the dev stream, we're going to ha- be having it on Thursday in order to accommodate our hyper competitive guest who's going to be joining us. He wants as much time on the weekend to do the weekend race as possible. It's going to be the Bash Ashes stream. Because we're going to have Lizard IRL right here on the podcast as well. So be sure to tune in for that next week. The whole hour is just going to be Ashes bad. (laughs) And here's why. And then Dread, thank you once again for being my co-host. I was appreciate Long live Red City. All right. (laughs) Twitch chat, thank you for watching live. Remember, if you're watching this on YouTube or Spotify, just let us know where you're watching it so we can make sure that you're watching experience is as good as possible and then for all of us here at god i almost said rat city radio for all of us (laughs) here at epic epoch podcast we'll see you next time